And we're live with our 155th episode of Absolute Absec. I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter, joined by my Ryan, Ryan Reynolds lookalike co-host, Seth Law, at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special Q4 episode of Absolute Absec. Um, Ken and I have both had it at this point. I, I think that's about uh, that can describe it all, and probably can describe the industry as a as a as a whole. Right now, after the last week, uh, there was a reason why we didn't record on our regularly scheduled day, um, and it all has to do with uh, you know the crocs and socks of application security and Log4j, right, Ken? Turns out it actually matters. Auditing is actually important. <laughs> Sorry, Turns I know you've out- been just saying that for a long time, but I owe you an ah! apology. <laughs> yes. Well, no, no, that's it, it, just it, it's like the most inopportune time that it hit as well. It always is, right? Like it's never, hey, there's nothing going on this month. Let's let's release a you know an O day or whatever. But um, I, yeah. Yeah, it turns out that the packaging uh, software that you use or the logging software that you use, library that you use, can have real-world effects as far as the security of your application. And then in addition to that, right, if you're not logging, you don't know what's going on. It's just all, it's just a huge cluster, right? Like there's just, I, I don't know what else to say about it besides it's a huge cluster, right? Um uh, yeah, but for those of you that have had your head in the sand for the last week, right, Ken, what, what happened exactly? What's up with Log4j? Yeah, so um, if you didn't, if you did, I don't, everybody's, if you're watching this, you haven't heard about this, I'm really, I'd be really shocked. But yeah, so like, obviously, <laughs> yeah, sorry, I was reading Slack. That's my first mistake. Um, yeah, no, just started with like somebody trying to, I think it started with someone trying to prank someone else on Minecraft. And then we realized, Oh crap. Like this is an exploit in log for J where you can run system. Co- you can run code and get remote code execution. So you pass in like this JNDI string, at least that's how it started. Now there's been permutations of these attack strings that we've seen in, in, uh, interpolation. Uh, so our, uh, nested, nested, remote code execution queries interpolated into uh, strings. Um, yeah. And the, 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 the real issue is so that this log4j again, like I, I think probably everybody is watching this knows this, but log4j is used for logging events. And, and when you, especially when, uh, when you, when you combine that with user supplied input and then have a vulnerability like this, you're going to have a, have a bad time right um which is most of the time we are logging like user supplied input um yeah so uh but in any case it it, it affects so many systems the problem the problem is that like because i had received uh, a couple people i was talking to from within appsec uh senior folks too they were like well you know i'm surprised you guys would have any sort of like you know, uh, usage of Java. And I was like, well, that's not really how it works. Like we can go through all of our source code and we can identify any libraries we're using that or any versions of log4j that we're using. Sure. Um, the problem really comes into play with all the tooling that's out there. Like if you go through the list of Apache tools and just various like dev style tools that are used underneath the hood they're running log for jv2 which is you know problematic and v1 with a specific appender as far as i know anyways and as like the versions um in v2 were upgraded then there were uh potential bypasses um i or sorry 216 i think i'm trying to remember the versions i think 16 was a patch and then 17 came out to fix the um, for something specific 17 was was supposed to fix i don't even remember it anymore yeah um oh it was supposed to remove jndi altogether i think is what it was in any case it's been a long week and and the real thing that's interesting uh is you know stefan edwards and i were talking about this and he he was talking about um software bill of materials and you know the, this sort of coming into play with 
hey, yep. we know all the, we, we can categorize we can categorize all the libraries we actually use inside of our applications, but what's harder is all the tools that we use and all the libraries those tools use, right? So that, that makes it com more complicated. Um, I will say like our engineers, like too many people to, to mention from all around the company, from security, from engineering, uh, but like definitely, you know, much love to the folks that have lost a lot of sleep. I mean, late nights, long days. Um, if really, this was this is a thing that kind of brought us all together, I think, in a way. Um, I, obviously, we'd rather it not happen. Um, and also, I think if you're a software company, you then have to also, if, you, if you're like supporting, say, software that gets deployed on-prem or something, you've got various versions you support. So you're, you're going to get inundated with support tickets. So much love to the support people out there having to deal with all those support requests, like requesting, you know, what are you guys doing to handle this? And you having to like scrape together from various departments, messages um, back out to customers who are inquiring. Like it's just, it's a, it's a large effort for everyone right now. And it really sucks that it happened during the holidays. Um, but when you work in security, you kind of get used to the worst happening at the worst times. And it, yeah. it's just, you know, it's like, there's a reason we have gray hairs. Uh, this is a taxing job when you, Especially if you're a blue teamer and you're a defender, you know, you shit like this completely ruins your month. So, yep. Anyways, uh, so, I don't know, I I don't mean, know like what, what else to go yeah. on about. It just sucks all around. You know, as so I like part of me, like, this is one of those situations where I'm like, wow, I'm glad I'm a consultant, right? Like, that I'm coming into organizations to help them rather than internal, internal to an organization. Because uh, it's, it's been, while it's been interesting to watch from the outside, it like, you know, our regular day to day has gone on pretty easily. Um, even though we're like overly worked because it's Q4 and clients are asking for things and now this is on top of it. Um, but, uh, you know, for me, it, it's been more of a, okay, is the app that I'm currently looking at a Java app that could be using Log4J send add a couple new queries or a couple new payloads to my, you know, assessment. But besides that, it's been, okay, what's going on internally trying to support people, especially like in all the, you know, all the different groups that you and I are involved with that, you know, I, I just feel for them. Right. Cause I've been on that side and yeah, it's, it, it's not a fun, it's not a fun activity. And I was actually having this discussion with uh, like one of my son's soccer coaches the other day, right. Is um, at, as people look at different jobs, and, you know, especially, you know, as, as people are coming out of college or whatever, and they see, oh, you know, we start talking about computer security and they're like, wow, you know, what you guys do looks like it'd be so much fun. And I'm like, come with me for a day, right? Because you yeah. think it's fun and you're right. There is like maybe 5% of it, you know, you, you hit a vuln, you're like assessing something, but there's such a grind to everything else. And I think most jobs are like this, right? We have a tendency when we're looking from the outside in to um, aggrandize or like, you know, we put on our rose colored glasses as far as, Hey, that would be a great job to have because I get to do X, Y, and Z all the time. And you don't realize, okay, as a blue teamer, yes, there's X, Y, Z, but there's also all this stuff that you've got to go fix and you don't have control over and you've got to figure out mitigating factors um, and while interesting, it's also in a high stress environment. It's at a high stress time. It's never convenient to like an eight to five style job. Um, and so there's, there are negatives also involved with the positives that go along with being in the industry. Uh, and that's what I was trying to explain to this, you know, to this coach is cause he's like, well, you haven't been around much lately, you know, <laughs> coming to anything. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's Q4. Um, I just, I have no time. Like I have no extra time to do anything. Um, and yeah. And then we started talking about, yeah, like you don't realize the amount of like documentation and writing and other things that goes into it because it's not just that 5%, right? That 5% is cool, uh, but there's 95% of it. That's a grind and it's, it is work, right? It's not. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I know. I actually just like, Tuesday night, I was having that similar conversation and it was like, I was like, it's not that 
it sounds cool and it seems like oh that's like that that must be really hard or like not hard as in like a hard hard work but like hard as in uh, mentally taxing you know like uh like a smart job right um and I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess kind of, but not really. I was, I, I was, I was like, well, you know, it's like any other job. Once you realize that, once you learn all the foundational elements and you learn, um, you know, how, how to program and you learn all these things, like after a while, it's, it's, it's really just keeping up to date with what's coming out and, um, you know, just continuing to use your skill set and you refine and you refine as time goes on. But it's, I was like, it's not that special or anything. If anything, you, it's, much more of a grind and mundane than you think. It's it's really just like a lot of repeating the same things over and over. Same again process and over and over. Yeah, 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 exactly. So it's not. It, it, it's sad, sorry for anyone who's junior. It's it's not. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not, not all unicorns. Magical. And it's it's not all logicorns and uh, <laughs> yeah. Crocs, right? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. it's but it's I, an interesting. Uh, I will say uh, Derek asked to elaborate on the one X issue and I don't okay. really know how I can elaborate on that more than just like, I'm pretty sure you would need to have both the JS JMS appender included in version one and your config file would have to allow JNDI lookups think. And I think if you have both those conditions, then I think they're two separate conditions. I can't remember anymore, but um, yeah. And the reason is because a lot of this has just been like pilfering through logs and stuff like that. So it's not like, you know, it's like we knew, we knew what to look for in the beginning and then we just been kind of going through things. So, but I, I hope that is what you're looking. So one X is still potentially possible. Was there a write up on it? Yeah. Yeah. One X is, possible like i don't know if there's a write-up about it oh you know what uh there might be i mean i'm sure there is there has to be um yeah, yeah we'll see if we can find it i'm not sure like i i haven't seen the one x write-up right um most everything i've seen is the two stuff because that's what's been affected across the board um yeah i don't think it's as common to have that configuration but it is possible if you use the jms appender and allow jndi lookups yeah. And I've, I've been throwing links into the show notes, right. Just for different tools that people can use, right. Like the write-up um, Rob's uh, write-up on LinkedIn, Mubix, who's been on the show previously as a friend of ours um, is really quite good as far as like, okay, this is a realistic take what you can take to management and talk about log four shell or log four J and why it's an issue where it's an issue. Um, He's got some good thoughts there. Rob typically does. He's very pragmatic about things um, as opposed to, ah, oh, the sky is falling. Uh, but even some of the write-ups and the, there's the SEMGREP rules as well that you can run against a code base that I popped in there. And if you want a sweater uh, to remember this time, I put in Rob's uh, link to, to a log for shell sweater that he's making customized that if anybody's interested in, that is uh, yeah. actually not Rob Mubix. That's Robert, uh, oh, who I work right with on the red team. And actually, yeah. since we're doing shout outs, like I do, or since I started to do a little bit of shout outs for people, like I have to say, Robert from the red team, Stefan from the red team, John Pullen from assessment, Boz Albert and Munez Alvarez from, um, uh, or sorry, Alvaro Munez. Man, my brain is just, this has been a rough week. Um, they've been amazing and incredible, like tracking all this stuff down and making sure that we're not vulnerable. So shout outs to those folks. They're awesome. But uh, yeah, I hadn't seen actually the other Rob, Rob Fuller, Mubix is uh log for shell. Yeah. Right up. Yeah. Which, which, which is funny. Cause it actually came, I, I think when I first saw it was actually in uh Clint's TLDR sec, right? And I was like, oh, oh Rob, let me check that out, right? Like, <laughs> um, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it, it, it's, it's so like the industry's so incestuous, man. Like, right? Like, everybody knows everybody else. But did he uh, cover yeah. version one in there? Um, I don't think he necessarily did. He didn't talk about version one. That's, it's more kind of high level, right? Um, oh, oh, no. Okay. He does, he does say that it's not vulnerable to this RCE, right? 
Um, but it does have another RC, RCE that's much harder to exploit. I, I mean, uh, Fuller would know, right? Like he's the, one of the red team guys. That's, I'm sure he's exercised all sorts of stuff against it. So, Yeah, no, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. So I saw an checking. interesting one as well because it like you talk about how prevalent it is you know and people deployed to aws and to amazon like there were some dns issues where dns was using like from amazon ec2 actually was using log4j behind the scenes right and so i was seeing it show in some, in some bug bounty reports that they're like people's apps are vulnerable to log4j and the guys are like no, it's not like this is a Ruby app, right? Like running on top of AWS, like in EC2 instances. And it's because there was some DNS lookup from there that used AWS's DNS. And uh, like it's been fixed. But it, again, it's like you don't know what that bill of materials is of all those services that you're using. Um, we, we came across that actually. So there were times where um, <clears throat> I won't give specifics, but what I'll say is there were times where we entered in the payload string and there was a DNS lookup on our collab server, right? Burp Mm -hmm. collaborator. Um, And, but then we were like, well, let's just put in regular host names and not even URLs, like not with a schema prefix, just regular host names. And sure enough, we also got Burp collaborator results. And we started to realize some things are literally just preemptively pre-flight pre-fetch type stuff where they're looking at, mm-hmm. they're just parsing for host names and doing DNS lookups ahead of time. And so it wasn't necessarily, uh, there was any exploit, you know, it was just literally some code that is parsing user content for host names and trying to pre-resolve. So it's, yeah, it's you like know, that muddies the water like, too. Yeah. So if you're testing for it, it's just, you know, fair heads up, maybe try also just host names and see if it pops and you may not, yeah, it may not be vulnerable. So, but uh, yeah, man, this one, this one's like, uh, I've heard a lot of people refer to it as like the, the late, like a once in a decade bug. And also they're like, this is the new heart bleed, but worse. And I think it is worse than heart bleed personally. Cause I think it's, I mean, I've seen jokes about it affecting toasters that use log4j um yeah yeah, i mean it really does affect everything anything that runs java and log4j which is like a lot of stuff i mean that's the that's the default for logging right with java yeah i mean it is and i start thinking about like even stuff like burp suite right like you know um i'm pretty sure there's log4j in there right like in maybe not right like how they're doing it nowadays but there was at some point like desktop utilities any client side stuff that's written um how long is it going to be around that that's actually a, an issue right just like you don't uh, it's one of those that's going to crop up for a while and there's going to be a lot of research into it right like it, it it's funny how we swing as an industry though right like because this is going to be the new shiny for the next uh, you know this is going to show up at black hat Right. And DEF CON in eight months as like, you know, high level or low level research projects, seeing what else they can do and exploit, um, starting to look at, you know, other software that we depend upon, um, similar to what we've been doing on the dependency confusion side of things, similar to what we've been doing on request smuggling. Right. Like it's we hyper focus um, until the next new shiny comes along. Mm. But, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I hope there isn't another shiny for uh, another seven or eight years. That'd be great. Uh-huh. Yeah, good, good luck at that on that, right? Like, uh, you know, seven or eight months, maybe, right? Like the, yeah. There have been amazing memes that have come out of this. <laughs> That's that. true. Is, isn't there a? Is, there's a log for meme site or something like that now, isn't there? I think yeah, I think it's sure like log is. for J memes or something. Yeah, <laughs> there's a whole site dedicated to it, but they're pretty, they're pretty, they're pretty wonderful. You know, they. Um, I I will say we we were sharing uh, some of them internally. Just uh, you know, you gotta you, you gotta have a sense of humor when when stuff goes to shit. You, I think it helps. I really do. I think like if you can just like joke around a little bit about problems, like you can. I've always felt that way. You can kind of get through it easier. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I just pulled that up and it's cracking me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to hear other people's stories though. Yeah, like I would be, um, if you have any interesting stuff you wanted to share in Slack, you know, if you're out there listening, you want to share your stories in Slack, um, it's probably a good time to kvetch with other people. Um, yes, <laughs> yes. Reach out for support, right? That's why we're here. <laughs> Yeah, we we understand because because we know that the the non technical people in your life don't, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny too because I actually I've had to, a couple people uh, like two specific, literally a couple people two specifically. I'm doing some uh, some various stuff in my personal life, right? Uh, good stuff, but uh, anyways, I was like, hey, it's taking me longer to get back on this project or this thing, and um, you know, and like they were one, so one was one of the situations I was supposed to read like a legal contract and all this stuff. And I was like, if, it's like 16 pages long. And I'm like, I don't have time to go through this right now. Right. And the person was kind of like, you know, hey, what's going on? And I was like, all I did was I just replied, Hey, I get it. Google log for J security flaw. Tell me what you think. And they're like, Oh, I get it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that's the, that's the, that's the thing you could just tell your, your friends and family don't work in the industry. Just Google log for J security flaw. And then the results will be all these new sites telling them how bad the, the, how bad it is and you know, how much of the world's affected. So, but um, yeah, no, besides that, you know, it's just like, I don't know as a consult, I, I think even as consultants, you might be affected though. If you, uh, because usually consultancies have internal tools and stuff and they might be running yep. those tools might be calling out to other tools that use log for J. So yep. even, yep. I don't know it's... if anybody's escaping this one. No, I, uh, no, I don't think anybody is right. Like, um, uh, you know, I haven't had clients come to me asking yet. Right. If we uh -huh. are, you know, if we're vulnerable to it, um, especially kind of on that product, the development side of things that we've been working on. Um, I mean, I like, the only reason that we would be is because we're using AWS. Right. And I know like, so it's been more of a, well, let's wait and see what's going on there. <laughs> you know, once that, once the dust one. is settled. Yeah. That's, that's I, the interesting one. If you're using cloud services. Yeah. Oh, it is. Right. Cause I like, I, you have absolutely no control over it, over it. Um, just none. I like, there's no, there's no getting around it. Uh, and, and when I start to look at the code that's vulnerable as well, um, without digging into the actual log4j code, uh, mm -hmm. there's there's really nothing that is wrong with the with the way that people are using log4j. It just happens to be that the library itself allows for this you know this injection, right? And you've been um, telling people to log their their user supplied input. So how guilty do you feel right now, Seth? No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no. I, what, what do we talk about in the course? Do we accept input and and just write it straight to the log file? No, no. No, you, we encode, you, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You do. You do. It's actually. Well, shit. I can't talk about it. Well, all right. There. That is uh, prescient since you've been saying that for like four years. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah. It's very, yeah. very, uh, it's very apt. Now, now I have yeah. examples. Now I have real world. Don't be the next log4j, right? Like you may be using log4j or something else. What do you do when that goes long, goes wrong? Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, tis the season, right? So tis the season. We got the yes. holidays coming up and, uh, I mean, it'd be yeah. worse if it happened the week of, you know, at least there were, it was like a couple of weeks out from the holidays. So that's good. Yes. Yes. And cool. okay. I did want to promote one other thing, right? Um, you and I were oh, talking right. about this last night. Um, Ken and I are actually going to get back on the road early spring to teach our, our adventures in secure code review slash practical secure code review, whatever you want to call it our secure code review course at kernel con. Uh, we're working through the paperwork right now, uh, but it'll be announced pretty quickly if anyone wants to attend. And this is actually, it's, it's, it's going to be a, uh, 
Ken and I want to get back out there idea. So uh, the, the pricing on the course is very reasonable for a two day course um, compared to some of the other places that we've taught it in the past, whether that is like, you know, yeah, I, I will, I won't shame other conferences, but other conferences charge a lot more than what Colonel Khan's going to charge. Um, and we'd love to have a packed room and a packed house for that one. So we'll start promoting it on, you know, on Twitter and other places, especially when signups are available. But Colonel Khan, that's um, that's in Omaha, right? Man, and, and let me say, I like Omaha. It's it's a fun place. Like if you come out, we will go out, uh, you know, after hours it's, and go go chill because it's a yeah, it's a fun place. Like I I was surprised. Uh, the last time I, I was, was too. I was yeah. too. It's like got a lot of tech and. Um, the airport's like, it's nice because it's like a straight drive into downtown and downtown's like not too big of a downtown, but big enough to have uh, like good places to eat, good bars. Uh, yeah, I I will say I was pleasantly surprised, surprised. Yes. How, how much I liked <laughs> Omaha. Yep. So. I, I am with you on that as well. That's, that's why when, you know, Adam and those guys that are organizing it, when they asked if we wanted to come, I was like, yeah yeah i would right like i think that would be a, a good time so um, absolutely yeah watch for the signups there uh and and come along right sharpen it's march your, 30th your your right skills yes like I, I dropped the link up there it's march i think the training days are going to be the um yeah 30th and 31st right dude actually when i was in omaha i ate this Obviously, this this is a little bit different of a podcast today. We're not we're not super formal today. So, oh, it's yeah, yeah, they have posted it, right? So, it's on the training site. Uh, you can't sign up for it quite yet, but uh, it's available. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, you ate where? No, there's a badass diner there for breakfast. Like, if you like breakfast meats and and, and eggs and, and stuff like that, there's this place. It's super phenomenal. And uh, come come channel your inner uh, Ron Swanson. Is that what you're saying? Yes, exactly. It's so good. It's so good. It's like five dollars for like three plates of food. It's ridiculous. It's so awesome. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I'll have to take you out there. We we got to go to breakfast there while we're in Omaha. That's a Sweet. must. Sweet. Yep. Yep. We will. Um, cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Today, that's about how today's going. I'm getting today's asked if we're off. doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> my dog's going nuts in the background <laughs> wife's coming in disturbing like it must not be a regular podcast day that's all right that's the beauty of never having accepted sponsorship is uh we don't have to we don't have to be pros here <laughs> life happens yeah. no but um <laughs> if, yeah. if anyone wants to sponsor us email ken at absolute uh, you'll notice uh, I gave out Ken's email address. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good times. Good times. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. I liked Omaha. I liked the people. It was really, uh, there was a cool, um, like PHP slash rails shop. I know that sounds weird, but it was a really cool company. Um, yeah, just, I, I don't know. I had a good time there. The, the, the airport leaving though is a little bit of a, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, cause it's a tiny airport. So just give yourself some yeah. extra time because it's, it's yeah. kind of people move at a <laughs> different pace in that airport. So. Well, you've only got like two guys doing anything. So yeah. I know <laughs> TSA was sort of just like, mm, I don't yeah. know. Like you seem hey, fine. You look I a guess. Shady. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, where are yeah. you from? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We, we got to do an extra check on you. Yeah. Yeah. DC. Huh? Uh, uh, we'll see how it is. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, uh, thanks yeah. again for this. Sorry, wrong camera. This is so oh, cool, man. I love this. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you for that. I, Just got it. Yep. I, yeah, we're gonna start putting together some more swag like that. Um, there's some cool, you know, some stuff that we've been working on. Um, I did get some more pins and stuff. I do need to new, do a new order of shirts. Um, and yeah, we'll start sending those out here shortly. We'll have them before Colonel Con. For sure. I did get some requests for shirts. So for those folks had, who had requested shirts, my apologies. Um, frankly, I have so many, <laughs> whatever. I finally saw the emails. And so I'm mailing them out probably 
probably this weekend. So I'll be mailing some some of the remaining swag I've got in this box that to my left uh, out. So some shirts and stickers and stuff like that. Um, yeah. So. Um, and then I'd love to see the new batch. That's going to be fun as we create that new stuff. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We'll get some, uh, you know, specialized, like some Logicorn ones out and stuff like that. Right. People seem to like those ones. Um, yeah. But yeah, like uh, reach out to us if you want some swag, if you're interested or join the Slack channel, if you've got other things that you want to bring up. Um, I haven't gotten a lot of feedback on the um, Absolute AppSec After Dark episode from last week, uh, outside of the fact that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What, well, yeah, what Ken was saying. Yeah. yeah, I'd love feedback on that. No one ever said anything if it was valuable or anything, I don't think, right? So like yeah, if you thought it was valuable and you want us to continue, let us know because we're we're gonna do at least a couple more episodes and then if people just like find value in it, we'll we'll continue going. So just let us know. Um Slack or info at absoluteapsec.com. And also if you have any uh tips for not well, yeah, I guess the tips for things you'd like to see reviewed or like point us to resources you'd like reviewed. Um, like, again, it's public. We, we try to stick to like publicly accessible repos, not, you know, your private company's code or something like that. I don't want to get in legal hot, hot uh, water. So, yeah, just public like open source projects basically is what we're saying. But please give us a list because we're. I think we're going to continue on our path we started on our last review in the next episode um, just so we can like finish that kind of end-to-end testing and showing that. And then we'll the next episode after that, we'll choose something new. So you have a, definitely a few weeks to get those, uh, those into us. Yep. Um, and that's the, yeah. that's the episode there. I, we know it's, it's long because it's Ken and I doing a, an actual source code review. In this case, we just chose Laravel.io um, and, you know, go check it out. Cause it's, it's a lot of real world, what we get through on a, what we're doing on a daily basis with secure code review, right? Uh, stumbling around, looking at different aspects, um, implementing the framework that we teach and how we actually move through and identify things and then move on, know when to move on. Um, Bonus, we actually found a security vulnerability. Um, You did, that was awesome. uh, We do need to, I do need to report it back to the Laravel team, Um, but it was a pretty interesting one, right? Like those are the kind of things that I like, I so enjoy and, and that's, and it definitely goes to show you like what looking at the code can manifest, right? It's not always that super obvious, like, oh, look, there's SQL injection right there. You know, it's these edge cases of, okay, how does authentication happen? How does registration happen? Um, I, like, yeah, it was kind of cool, right, to, to dig into it. So anyway, go check it out. Go check I it do out. Think- it was a good time. Yeah. We should check out at some point a Wicket app because I never got to really fully go into a Wicket app the way I wanted to. And Ooh. people need to see how it, different it is. that framework is. Yeah, how bizarre it is. Like it's pretty different, you know, in that. Um, yeah, we just so have to show it. We, we really do have to, have to just show it so people can see. It's, it's, it, it's, it was mind bending to me um, a bit. So, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, I think Wicket's pretty interesting, so we should probably crack into a Wicket app at some point as well. Um, did you want to talk about the, uh, um, what was it, the boring yeah. AppSec stuff? Boring app. So we have Absolute AppSec, but there is a new newsletter that actually is brought to our attention, again, by Clint over at TLDRSec um, called Boring AppSec. Um, but... The uh, the nice thing here is that it it goes into the stuff that Ken and I actually are talking about all the time. So I, we wanted to give it a you know a good shout out um, because it is like yeah, what is boring AppSec if you go to it right? It's it's not about O days right. This is about just like on like day to day boring application security topics. So like what I refer to or what we refer to as the crocs and socks of application security, right? What is the, you know, what is SAST? What do you, you know, what are the different 
portions of SaaS that you have to be concerned with? How would you go about building an application security program? What are metrics that you would look at? A lot of the same things that we've referred to in podcast episodes over the last, yeah, however many years we've been doing this now, right? Over the last 155 episodes. Um, it, yeah, it was, it's, it's a pretty good little like uh, read and it's not long. It's not overly long. It doesn't take a long time to get into it. But so there's another resource that's available for you. Uh, if you're getting into application security, you want to know what day-to-day looks like um, outside of what we talk about on the podcast here. Uh, there's a there's there's a place you can go. Um, yeah, yeah. The SAS primer is you know it's not a huge deep dive or anything, but it gives you like kind of the difference between uh, taint analysis and semantic grep. And I think that that's like even that's just helpful for people to kind of get like an introduction into how that kind of works if you're not super familiar with. SAS tools, but I liked the the questioning. I had a question about, you know, training and how, how, how is that valuable? There's a, you know, what metrics are valuable to an AppSec program kind of article. Like there, it's stuff that's legitimately, like, I think at this point in life and career for me, I'm very interested in the, just the timeless sort of like things we always have to come back to and try and solve, um, and also, I think it's a good idea to revisit some of those things. Like for, for so long, like 10 years ago, a decade ago, people would be like, absolutely, you should be training your developers. That's the way to do this. Um, and I think in modern day, there's more questions around, okay, what kind of training? How are we doing the training? Like, you know, what's your, what's your, what are you trying to get out of that? You know, it's really, it's, it's, it's more, it takes a lot more scrutiny now to uh, determine if that is going to be of value or if it's just going to be another cost center with, you know, shoddy results. So I like that kind of stuff. It's practical. And I think like, yeah, that's personally where I'm at. So it's just practical yeah. type stuff. Well, yeah, it's, it's cool pra- to like, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, it's cool. What? Finish your, your thought. No, it's really cool. Like to, to find, you know, weaknesses and stuff and to like find new techniques. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And we need that. But uh, we also do need like just regular, if you, especially if you manage a program, like regular sort of uh, practical kind of the mundane stuff we were talking about, the Crocs and socks of AppSec. So. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and, that, and that's what I was actually going to go back to. Like you talk about that from a training perspective, but I always go back to it from an assessment perspective as well. Um, like, I, like I feel like every company that I walk into has a different idea of what they're asking for as far as a, like, even as something as simple as supposedly as simple as like a dynamic assessment, right? Hey, I'm doing a, like a penetration test against this web application, but uh, the way that's implemented, the results, what that actually entails, like what they can take out of it is, is so like, it's so misunderstood in a lot of organizations, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And I've been running into this recently with, you know, it's a large like governmental organization, right? Like, you know, or pseudo government, whatever. Right. But um, the way that they're, even their security team views like third-party assessments, I'm like, guys, I like, I don't know where you've got this idea that, you know, we're coming in as low level QA testers and you get to dictate exactly what we're looking for. And right. Like, it's just, there's misunderstandings across the industry as to what those different activities entail and what comes out of them. And I feel like half of my job when I go in talking to people about the different assessment types, whether that is a threat model, whether that is a secure code review, whether that is a dynamic assessment, code assisted, whether that is just a strict, you know, dynamic assessment is teaching them exactly what they're going to get out of this and why they're doing it. Right? One of the first questions I always end up asking people when we're getting into that scoping and discussion is, what do you hope to achieve by doing this? Right? Is it just a compliance check? Um, is it you know, actual security? You want to train developers? You want to know what the high level issues in your applications are? You want to know what all the application, all the issues in the application are, which is a you know a pipe dream. But that you know it's it's kind of this this misunderstanding of what 
what penetration testing actually is. Cause I'll get into, you know, scoping with people and they, they come in and they're like, okay, that's great. Right. Like you're going to be able to get domain admin from our PHP application. Right. And I'm like, if I can get domain admin from your PHP app that, you know, like your, you know, WordPress PHP application that's running external to your environment, there is something seriously, seriously wrong with your whole setup right? because they just don't understand that, you know, we, as an industry, we've done a poor job of teaching people what penetration testing means and then using the same term for network, web, app, like all these different, you know, APIs, whatever, what have you. So apparently I'm going on a rant about assessments again. Not no, I actually think like, no, I actually think it's a failure of, um, I think I, I agree with you, but I also think it's more of a, um, an issue of different terminology being used by different consultancies and just the industry, not like agreeing on here's what the term we're going to use for each one of these things. And like, yeah, I, I, I think that the, the, we don't have, we're not like, it's not the same level of regulation as some other industries. Right. So we don't really have like a, a the same level of governing body of standards, you know, that mm -hmm. uh, some other professions might have. So yeah, you do get, and then of course, you know, they're the larger consultancy companies that have like a, an army of salespeople and those salespeople use, they use that terminology interchangeably. And so if somebody gets, you know, they used a company last year and they're like, oh yeah, no, no, no. We definitely want a pen test. And you're like, okay, so you, you want me to just like focus on breaking in. Right. And they're like, wait, no, no, no. I want you to like, look at my app for weaknesses. And you're like, so what you really want is a vulnerability assessment. It's like, yeah. Well, they called it a pen test. Like, yeah, this is not going away. This is something that until we all agree to use the same terms, like it's, yeah, it's not going away. Well, well yeah. It's, it, well, and it's never going to get there. Right. Like, because we do have, I don't know, like you've got to train your salespeople as far as what the differences and the nuances are, or they've got to have some sort of sales engineer that's on, on the call. And those large, I mean, you and I have both worked for large consultancies before and know that, mm -hmm. you know, a, a lot of the guys that are on the sales side are there because they're really good at making friends and like convincing people that they need to do stuff. Right. And they don't necessarily understand the nuances between these different types of assessments. They just know they got asked by their, their friend or their, you know, their client that they needed to help help with security for X and then they kick it back over the wall and it goes back and forth. And yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's a huge mess, yeah. right? Like, I, but there's no getting away from it. Uh, like it's, it's just me complaining because it's fourth quarter and, you know, People, you know, hit, hitting up my phone at all hours of the day because they want like, yeah, yeah. they want something you, changed on the report that just doesn't matter to me. Right. Like that kind of thing. But yeah. You know, it's really hard. As I've recently discovered is when you work for a larger organization, mm -hmm. procurement and like procurement and just the requirements of the companies, like, I don't want to get too specific into what the requirements are, but like for large organization enterprise level businesses, it sucks because you want to use like, like a, like a you company we'll say where, you know, you're Small, perhaps boutique, you're, yeah. you're like, yeah, you're like, Oh, I know these, these people are good at this particular technology. Um, these are going to be the best. Right. But then you get, you get down to it and you're like, okay, that's my desire. But the company has requirements that no small shop can meet. And also <clears throat> they've already onboarded some big security organization because it can handle other things outside of what we do. So then you're kind of like, you get forced into using basically large corporations, even when you don't want to, because they're already onboarded into this massive procurement center and it doesn't feel like it gives um and this has happened over and over. i've been on both you and i have both been on both sides of this so this is nothing new it just kind of sparked the the thought about this and what what does annoy me actually is that it is hard when you you want a really good company to to uh now what you can do is you can ask for a sub of that like you know global core and then say like this is who i really want to be doing the work but like how often is that 
realistically uh, feasible. And, and it's just, I think that's one of my biggest complaints uh, for, for like, yeah, that, that would be nice if it was solved. If there was an easier way to sort of like onboard smaller companies and not just have to go to the big players because they handle network security, application security, malware analysis or whatever incident, whatever stuff that they're doing. Like the, yeah, it's just the huge physical stuff. Yeah, yeah. Huge laundry list. So well, that's another area I, the industry could use an improvement is to have some way that you could uh, easily more easily onboard the vendors you want than just have to go with the big players. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, yeah. I, like that's the whole like value prop that those, you know, value proposition that the, the big consulting firms always push is the fact that they have all these people or they will pull in, pull in smaller players if they, if they don't. But then that also means that they're, they're the ones that end up taking that profit out of those right. sorts of engagements, which means the smaller players, uh, yeah, have a harder time. Like, you know, I, we're involved some, with some very large corporations and you would be shocked at the amount that like the amount of back and forth it took for us to, as a small shop to get in there. And then number two, the cost involved in carrying that contract, things mm. like insurance requirements. Yeah. For a large corporation or a large consultancy probably aren't a big deal, but for someone like us to go out and get, you know, yeah, it, it, go try and find errors and omissions or cyber insurance for, you know, $10 million. Right. Number one, like just somebody that'll offer it to you. And then number two, the cost that they put into that sort of thing is almost, it's borderline ridiculous, right? Like, you know, from a, you know, a strict, I'm looking at the numbers perspective. Um, and so it, it becomes this question on, uh, you know, is this company going to give me enough business over the next year to justify me going out and, and purchasing that level of insurance? Um, and that's that's kind of this barrier to entry that we've got, at least I've got from the consulting side in, okay, I want to go work for these big companies and I know they need my services. How do I make that happen and make it and justify it? Whereas I can go work for a startup or you know somebody else that's willing to pay me just as much and they don't have all this red tape that I have to get through. And so uh, like I, I can easily see well, I, I mean, I know personally, right? It's easier for me to work with organizations that are more flexible than have a huge bureaucracy. It just is. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's it's weird. In my situation, it's easier, I think, to get like a research grant for a bounty researcher to come and hack on something than it is to get like a, a smaller company yeah. um, through the procurement process. And it's like, Somebody, somebody will figure that out. Somebody's going to make a lot of money. They're going to, they're going to figure out how to like be like a, you know, central shield or umbrella rather for all of the um, all small the... consultancies that people want to onboard and can't. Uh, and they'll just have handled all that stuff. Somebody, somebody will make a fortune off this at some point. I'm sure. I hope they do. I actually like good for you because uh, someone needs to do it because it's just, it's hard to get the services you want if you work for a big company. So anyways, yeah. that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, I was going to mention, by the way, I've seen some activity in our jobs channel yeah. and, uh, I was going to throw that out to people listening. Like if you're in, this is usually the, dude, this is usually the time of year people start looking right. Like the new year, new me start looking for changes where they work, stuff like that. So if you are one of those people, we do have a jobs channel in Slack, feel free to post, feel free to use the stuff that's been posted. I know one of the uh, listeners uh, posted today, even um, an opportunity. So yeah, you know, just check in on that. If you're in the market, look, you know, again, this is the time of year. So if you're looking, that's, that's a good place to look. Yep. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. Or if you're looking to, to acquire, you know, a new hire, post the job there, feel free. <laughs> feel free. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of good people in there for sure. Yeah. It's a jobs um, channel. Not don't, please don't litter the general channel with that. We, we do ask you to go to the jobs channel specifically in our Slack for that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, let's see what else we got going here, Ken. Oh, I, it, there has been a group too that, you know, Lodgy has been involved, but so have like Caleb and a couple of the other listeners that have been doing um, advent of code. I think it's about done. 
Um, I, we did mention that last week that that was going on the advent of code where, um, yeah, you can go in and do different coding challenges on a daily basis, but there's a whole leaderboard set up and it's been an interesting thing to watch. I, I mean, fourth quarter, I just don't have the time to do any of the advent of hacking challenges. I just, yeah, it just doesn't. Happen. Well, I was planning on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you and I roll. Right? I'm like, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, I'll sign up for it. And then I'm like, no, I just haven't had any time. Sorry, guys. But, um, you know, all the solutions that people write out for those are pretty interesting. I, I usually end up circling back around in January as people post what they've done and taking a look at it then and being like, wow, that would have been fun. Oh, well. And then we move on. So, um, cool. Uh, let's see. What else is on the list, Ken? I don't know. Like, I go through all the news stuff right now, and it's all just Log4J. And I think we've sufficiently uh, bagged on that for that today. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. And I know we've, you, you know, we're both super busy and I know you are like, we're trying to close things up before Christmas break and everybody's gone. Um, but yeah. please jump into absolute AppSec, like the Slack channel, like Ken's saying, um, email us if you've got an interesting code base, like if Ken and I get a, you know, a wild hair next week, I think we may dive back into Laravel.io. Just depends on how busy both of us are. Um, uh, but I'm over the break on... for sure. Yeah. What? I was going to say, I'm working on scheduling speakers now. There's two speakers that I want to reach out to. Um, but if uh, Mike was supposed to be one of those, actually, I, I probably need to try and schedule him for next week. Um, Mike McCabe. Okay. Um, but anyways, if you have speakers you would like us to interview, there's also a few people that have reached out that, uh, yeah. So I've, I've got some people to schedule, but while I'm in the midst of scheduling people, if you have... Any ideas for speakers that, you know, people you just like us to kind of ask questions about, get to know them, all that stuff. Let us know. Info at absoluteappsec.com. Again, that's info at absoluteappsec.com. Great. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining today. Um, we will catch you all next week, hopefully with Mike or somebody else or, you know, more, more code review coming up. Yes, yeah. I want to do another after dark like suit. I keep, how do I keep kicking this camera. Yeah. Anyways, I want to do one after dark. <laughs> yes. Yes, we'll do another one for sure. It that feels like a great thing to do over the the holiday break is to dig into more to some more code just for fun. I know we're weird because that's what we enjoy doing. And I was telling Aaron that the other day too, right? I'm like the it all the business stuff I I have to do, but the yeah it's cool to just dive in with no expectations and no, no real agenda um, because there is cool stuff to find. So join us as Absolutely. we do that as well. Cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Thanks everybody. All right. Thank you.